Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Wheel It. Uh, we are in a slightly different setting today, so you may be able to hear a difference in audio quality, but we want to keep up the consistency, so we are, yeah, we're going ahead with it and yeah. Doing anything for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this last few weeks has actually been full of music, to be fair. Um, a lot of albums have released since we last vote to you guys mm. um so i think uh how about where we're we gonna start from shall we start with two chains um rap yeah. or go to the league yep what were your thoughts on it briefly firstly i love the theme of the album mm. him going back to his younger days where he's considering you know the whole rap game or uh going to the league as the title suggests and not many people know actually that two chains is quite a talented um player like he's really good at ball so yeah. Um you got yeah. a scholarship to go to uni to play. Uh, yeah. And in America it's very competitive. So to get a scholarship in itself means you you must have been able to ball. I think the only other rappers were Dave East and J. Cole, who actually ended up going to uni to play war and both of which dropped out as well. Mm. And not many rappers go to uni to begin with anyway. And Master P actually. I think Master P was a professional actually. He actually made it to the league, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um but yeah, it seems like it's a choice for a lot of rappers actually, basketball. Or, or rap um, and most of them ended up choosing rap and making a successful career out of it yeah um, two chains included funny enough it was uh, LeBron James that was one of the executive producers on the album um, so he really kind of uh, stuck to the theme of the album kind of you know as a rapper himself and also getting in someone who chose going to the league mm. um, but I think some of the themes that you talked about was you know okay the choices are rap will go to the league but that shouldn't be all your choices you know, you can do other things in life kind of thing. So, great album. What do you think? Good yeah, album. Yeah, I love the this angle that he took with it. It's a lot more personal in a way that you don't expect from 2 Chains. Mm. But um, a lot of the tracks are just bangers, in my opinion. Yeah. And he's been a lot more creative with the features as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to see Grande. Ariana Grande was <laughs> That's because she's just hot at the moment. Surprised. I don't know about creativity. She's just big right now, so she's and trying to get that money, that I pop suppose, money. I suppose, but it's a good song, don't you it think? It is, and it works because well, right? It's, it's the single, of, it's one of the singles off mm. the album. They dropped a video, was it yesterday or today? Yeah, it? and it will get heavy play. Mm. Um, Part of what kind of lets me know that an artist or artists have genuine chemistry outside of music is how well their features go. Yeah. Oftentimes when the feature's bad, it's because they kind of probably forced it or like they don't, it was kind of done. Maybe both of them went in the studio or they weren't really on the same wavelength, but this one, it works. So it kind of lets me know that they probably had something to talk about and kind of, you know, really did come up together, yeah. come up with it together. Um, but yeah, like, like you were saying, his musicality has kind of increased and also his, his rap skills have increased as well, man. Like, I know 2 Chainz ain't, you know, he's not a shabby rapper, but uh, I feel like on, on this album, like, he really honed in on his skills as a rapper as well. Um, even in the uh, the opening track, I was like, right, like, this mm. this is going to be a serious album, like, yeah. you know? Um, and I yeah. feel like there's still a lot more to take in. And, like, on a listen where it's, I'm not commuting or something, I'm actually just focusing on focusing it. Focusing in on it. Yeah. So... Yeah, love also, the album overall. Yeah, also we had one that I listened to that you didn't quite get to, and one that you listened to that I didn't quite get to. Mm -hmm. So I get into my one, which was uh, Little Sims's Grey Area. Um, I really enjoy. I'm a big fan of Little Sims, um, so I really enjoyed the album as well. Um, she spoke on. She was 
very personal on this album actually more personal than she has been on any other project before she was kind of talking about her ex and uh, i didn't realize like it's weird <laughs> when i see a, a, a woman rapper i don't necessarily kind of think she would like date for some reason i just <laughs> i just feel like she'd you know be on her independent boss shit so to hear her kind of be very um uh, what's the word uh, very vulnerable. vulnerable about her relationships and everything you know i guess even women rappers get cheated on too like it happens kind of thing so mm. it was cool and the musicality of it as well i think the whole theme of the album being gray area and the sound of the album it matched like the sounds were very gray very down tempo low frequency kind of beats um and um, as always, you know, her pen is really good. I always say that she 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 spins ninety percent of men in the UK, kind of thing. That's probably why she's so greatly appreciated over in America as opposed to over here. Yeah, funny you mentioned that actually. That some someone tweeted her saying that, oh yeah, um, or someone told her rather that, yeah, I feel like you you're gonna be the best female rapper in a few years. Mm. And she kind of like, laughed and scoffed and said, it's not about being the best female rapper I am probably one of the best rappers Rapper, period start, in UK full start I mean she's got close and, from Kendrick Lamar isn't she yeah. and Kano like UK and US greats mm. so yeah. I, w- I definitely agree with her It's she's in the right to claim that's why that. she calls herself king instead of queen like mm. she's the king in this like you yeah. know um, what's cool about her as well is her bars are, are quite hard but she has this very timid voice as well so the way yeah. it juxtaposes is quite cool. I've got a boy who can't really get into her because of how timid her voice is and how, you know, she's rapping in an aggressive manner. That's but not fair. It's, yeah, it's not her fault. Her voice sounds like that, but I think she's done well to kind of juxtapose that really well. Um, she just released The Colours Berlin as well um, mm. recently um, where she's kind of talking that talk. I feel like her diction is really on point. So mm. no matter, like, how timid or, you know, deep her voice might, may or may not sound, like, she's someone that... You, command you to listen mm. in my opinion speaking of addiction we can quickly go back to 2 Chainz's album I, I follow this Twitter page which kind of like breaks down hip hop into numbers and it said that uh, on Rap or Go to the League um, 2 Chainz actually used more different words on this album than any other album he's actually ever put surprised. out together um, so it shows again how it's that's tangible evidence of how his pen has kind of gotten better yeah that's um, why I say it felt more personal because he's really getting into some like different topics yeah, like in comparison to like pretty girls like chat music that very much just felt like yeah. you know more production focused yeah definitely but anyway back to what we've been listening to trying to go into the album that you listened to that i didn't sorry for not listening i just <laughs> haven't got around to it yet but yeah go on yeah so i've really been loving solange's latest release uh i feel like people are really in two minds about this particular album a lot of negatives yeah there have been a lot of negative opinions and but for the most like for the most part people just don't get i suppose what she's trying to do with this and i feel like solange has had a really big moment what with um a seat at the table being like hugely critically acclaimed and everyone like raving about it but then this this album was a lot more of a moment where she's just having fun. It's, oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's like really personal and it's just, it just speaks about like the fun that she has growing up like in Houston and just being a girl from Texas. And There's a song where she's like, um, she kept on saying, I, I saw, I see things I yeah, imagined. Yeah, the opening track. Just, is that the opening track? Yeah. She just says it like 20 times. I saw like, things I imagined and people like looked at that like what the hell is this but again it's just her 
being extremely laid back on this particular album because I feel like is maybe... Is it lazy, though? Um, is the album lazy? I think it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of style. It's a stylistic thing, I think, with Solange. With... I feel like because A Seat at the Table was very heavy in terms of its political focus and just how heavy it was in terms of the themes of, like, race and everything. On this one, she's just living her best life. I feel like that's what the message behind it is. Mm. Um, There's been, like, videos and, like, films released alongside the album that's just showing her, like, dancing with girls, Mm. you know, just being her best black you know, self um, as a woman. Unapologetically black. black yeah. Yes. And I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. Um, yeah. Would you recommend... I, I, I'm going to anyway, but would you recommend I dive into it sometime soon? I feel like it's an interesting listen mm. when you feel at your most relaxed state and you can just... You can take in something that's really chilled. Mm. Um, the features are interesting as well. I really love the track with Gucci. Where it's, Gucci Mane. Yeah, Gucci Mane. It's, <laughs> it's, um, I must admit, it's not the most lyrically heavy album. There are even some yeah, tracks where they're just literally interludes of just music and just a bit of speech here and there, mm. uh, including the track with Gucci Mane where she's just saying, Gucci likes to do this, Gucci likes to... And then Gucci comes in, he's like, Sola likes to, Sola really? likes to. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to get it. I mean, you have to listen to, like, get what I'm saying. Mm. But, yeah. Sounds like overall, song and chant. Overall, it's more like, it's just a really sensual album. And I feel mm. like that really speaks to where Solange is right now. With those kind of albums, her and her sister, um, I've noticed with guys around me that they say that they kind of struggle to kind of get into it because it's very woman-focused and woman-centric. Would you say that's the case with this album or is it something that even a guy could kind of get into as long as he's in that right frame of mind? Mm, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's slower and it's more... Some, it's something that women will find empowering and more enjoyable. But I don't think that's an excuse for a man to say... I can't get into this because it's just mm. I feel like it's not me you know pause for a moment I just referred to Solange's to Beyonce Solange's sister that's kind of mad <laughs> usually it's the other way around but yeah no um, it happened with Scissors album as well um, was it, was it not Love Good Lord that was the name of the single um, Control Control yeah a lot of guys were like yeah but this is so obviously a, an album for women kind of thing like mm. it was not written with me in mind whatsoever so they kind of it kind of took away from it it's interesting because I feel like the way men sing and rap, it's usually about what they go Misogynistic, through. Misogynistic, to be exactly, fair. Yeah, yeah. In terms very of true. who they're sleeping with, what they're doing, no, that's very true. that sort of thing. But women still take that in. Mm. So I feel you. No, when the you, other when way you put around, that, it, it makes sense. Be, no, it makes sense. We should. I, it should and be I do an appreciate issue. it, to be fair. Mm. Um, but yeah, fair. Okay. Anything else on Solange's album? No, that's pretty much my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I find myself going back to it because it's just really? so chill. It's, it's, you know, there's a genre called easily listening. I feel like yeah. that's the genre. So when you're at work would... or something, you could probably put it on yeah. and then it's all right. Like, you can mm. still get on when you work and listen. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and then we also had... Um, a we release had... from the UK. Yeah, but before that, I feel like we had another album that came out. Maybe not. Yeah, no. So we have... The man himself, the man of the moment. Yeah, Dave. David. I'll refer to him as David. I don't know why, but I just like calling him David. <laughs> um, yeah, 
Have you listened to it? Yes, I've had a, a good listen to it, and it is just excellent in terms of the execution. Uh, I feel honestly. I mean, there there was no doubt that Dave would deliver in terms of the lyricism. You know, mm. what he speaks about, um, and he more than delivered on this album. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially an album coming out of the UK as well. We very rarely get conceptual albums that kind of flow throughout. Mm. Um, even from the very first kind of section of the album, the first song where whoever it was was kind of talking about, um, he was like, um, we're going to start recording, it's January whatever, 2000, da, 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 da. then it goes into the dialogue with his therapist or counsellor yeah. or whatever. I was like, okay, we're in for some sort of a... a um, in for some sort of a conceptual album yeah. and to see that theme follow all the way through and obviously time with the, the title as well even the album artwork as well like it was i think it was like his head on fire kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's kind of a, of a depiction of kind of what his mind is like when he goes through this psychodrama i guess um and it was a full body of work even the um the production on it was really good um his wordplay too i know dave's always been you know one for wordplay but it just feels like his wordplay was stepped up even more on this album like he was throwing out crept conan type punchlines mm-hmm. and i often say like although crept conan are really good with the punchlines like sometimes it's like leading to no end it's like they've just put one in just to put one in sake like if you listen to their whole bar, uh, whole uh verse it's like they've just jumped from topic to topic to topic mm. Um, but with Dave, he's kind of incorporated that kind of double entendre, kind of, you know, punchline-driven yeah. um, um, rap. But it's kind of continued with the theme throughout the verse, which is really impressive to hear, um, especially as he's so young. He's 20 years old. Like. It really baffles me how, how like, his mental age is just so much... So beyond old, his years. So beyond his years. Mm. And I feel like he's he's one to watch yeah. in terms of where he will go when he's a little bit older he's like here to stay for sure yeah for sure i think he was i first heard of him when he was like 17 years old and he dropped a track called jekyll and hyde i think it was on svtv and i i remember thinking then like gosh this guy can rap and he's what 17 years old and the topics he was talking about as well very similar mm. you know um but he's he's awesome any standout tracks or any favorite tracks from the album so far the one with Burner Boy is really Location. getting a lot of play. Yeah, Location, yeah, that's, that's, that's in heavy spin. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wavy one. Even the one with Jay Huss as well. I really like... I j- there's a passage of Jay Huss's... I think it's his, his second verse, the first eight bars. The flow was just... It was a proper, proper hip-hop flow, mm. which I don't really get from UK artists because their flow tends to be a bit slower or either a lot faster or a bit slower. But the beat was almost boom bappy and the flow was almost boom bappy as well. Yeah, I noticed and I, that. And I never thought I could get that from Jay Huss because he's very much a feel-good, fun rapper. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was proper sick to, to hear. Yeah. Um, even the song Black as well, where he talks about what it means to be black. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, guys, we're going to do a proper in-depth um, you know, analysis of his album at some point. Um, yeah. Saying that, should we probably just hold back and then kind of give them that full insight later? Um, yeah, we should probably do that. But I've, I really think it's worth mentioning that Dave being one of the first UK artists to actually address like mental health mm. in album form, I feel like that's really interesting. And it's a moment that shouldn't be ignored. And I really yeah. hope he gets his recognition, uh, he as would. he is so he far. He will do. Yeah. He, he will do, man. It's one of the best albums to come out of the UK in a very, very long time. I don't think it's too early to say it's something of a classic. Honestly, it's not. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm so against kind of grading and ranking and doing all that to albums so quickly. But like, on even on first listen, I was like, no, nah, this is something special. Mm. Like, Just the impact alone when it dropped. Yeah. 
and it dropped at midnight and everyone like everyone on the timeline was rushing to listen and i feel like by 7 a.m i think i'd already finished listening to it once through before i got mm. to work i'd finished listening kind of thing like yeah no um no stand up dave man you, you put in a really really good album really good album mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess um without further ado we'll get into the actual meat of our episode um but before then i'm gonna do my my on spin uh so this week um (laughs) funny enough because our our recording methods are a bit unconventional today my original unspin i wasn't able to kind of put in but i've got an equally worthy replacement um for you guys it's um by zachary so zachary is a tde artist who recently was signed actually i think it was either this year or the end of last year um and um I remember tweeting in the week. I was so surprised at what he actually looked at, looked like. Sorry, um, because his voice doesn't necessarily match his um, his physical appearance. Um, but nonetheless, like it's a really cool song. Um, his voice is very unique as well. When you hear it, you know it's Zachary. Um, he was featured on a song called um, "Love" by Kendrick Lamar yeah. and a few others. So you may have heard of him. Uh, but this is his own track. It's called um, "Don't Trip" by Zachary. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a album that is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, it's Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, now we're going to be taking a deep dive into this album as part of our classics series. So as we explained to you guys in, I think in the last series, we're going to be in the last episode, sorry, we're going to be doing things a bit differently uh, in that we're going to be having series. Um, so one is uh, a, a classic series. We're going to be having guests on and we're also going to be doing... Um, all sorts of other fun stuff for you guys but for this episode we're going to be doing our classics um, which we have chosen this week to be My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy Um, so without any further ado um, let's get into it Mm. so when the album dropped kind of where were you to paint the picture for us where were you kind of what 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 stage in life were you at yeah so this came out in 2010 so I was still in school very much in adolescence and this was a time actually where I was heavily into pop culture. So every award show I was watching, every album I was like onto. And so My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was one of the albums that really marked that period for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I feel you. I, I was in a very similar position too. I was actually, I was in school too, um, adolescence and everything. Um, I actually, uh, when the f- album first came out, I was a bit, whoa, <laughs> because those, I guess, those of us who have been fans of Kanye for a while, um, he took a, a very left turn away from the typically soulful, and I know he did introduce um, elements of kind of orchestra and, and live instrumentation in late registration, but this was a real left turn in terms of his musical style. Um, so at first when I heard it, I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Kind of, why am I hearing all these, like, what are you doing, Kanye, kind of thing? Um, Especially as it had come after such a long while after we hadn't heard of of Kanye. So um, it wasn't a pleasant surprise for you? Um, it wasn't a pleasant surprise. Um, it was later, but my initial, initial thought was, bro, like, what, what's going on here? Like From the jump for me, I was so excited that he had completely gone left. Because it was all in the aftermath of what happened with, you know, his notorious like whole <laughs> fiasco with the VMAs 2009 where he did the whole 
thing with Taylor Swift. He got up on stage. Beyonce said, had the best album. Beyonce had best, the best, best album video of whatever. all time, <laughs> according to Kanye. For single so, ladies, I think it was at the time. The yeah. video for single ladies, yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, after that, he got all the backlash and... I feel like that really, really like got into his headspace, and that obviously, really, obviously, influenced the album mm. and the output. And that was like, re- I could revel at the content of, of the album. So that was really exciting for me. Mm. Um, That's really good, because I guess for me, the that stage did come a bit later. But before I could even get into what you was talking about and the content, just the the notes I was hearing and just kind of the sounds I was hearing was just so unfamiliar, especially as back then I was, I, I didn't really, do you know what, that's a lie. Back then I was probably at my most experimental with music as well, which is weird, um, but I, I tended to place artists in pockets. So I was like, well, you're here, you make this kind of music, so I expect to hear this from you. You're here, you make this kind of music, I expect to hear this from you. And artists didn't really cross over that much. Um, so to hear him cross a bit like that, I was a bit like, in my head, I was like, you're messing up my kind of, <laughs> my, my compartmentalization of you guys, like, what are you doing kind of thing. Um, although I did appreciate the musicality because, again, like I said, it was the most experimental I was um, musically at that time, but it was just a bit of a weird marriage for me. Um, but yeah, just a bit of context as to what you're saying as well. After the VMAs, he, I think he went on a hiatus. I think he went to Tokyo and Rome for a while so he actually left America left the country and decided to just piss off for a while basically and kind of stewing his thoughts and um, he's lucky because back then there wasn't this outrage culture and there wasn't like this kind of the yeah, huge imagine. social media machine mm. you know behind him so he kind of got off you know somewhat lucky although a lot of people I mean what was it um, George Bush or was it um, he was president at the time I think it was Barack Obama that was president at the time in 20, 2010, office, yeah, and yeah. I think he was calling him names as well. He was saying that he's a jackass or whatever. So, I mean, if the president of the United States is kind of calling you names, then you must have really messed up. So I think I really got into his head. Um, uh, and then after, I think, a brief while, he left Rome and then went to Hawaii, I think it was, where he hired out, like, a whole studio. Mm. Apparently, he hired out the studio indefinitely, kind of, he blocked it out in a very Kanye West. He's like... Kanye way, sorry. He was like, yeah, no one can come to the studio for until I'm done, basically. It's interesting you mentioned that because with all the travel that he would must have been doing, that I feel like this was a time when he was deeply creative. I feel like he must have been as creative as he ever had been, mm. and he was just so deep in his bag that he he mustered up all this creative energy that was he was able to pour out into this album, mm. and actually this was the album that he spent the longest time on. So yeah. he mentioned in an interview that his previous albums, Graduation, Late Registration, they were very much albums where he could go into the studio and just do like one take of certain tracks and maybe do it again and that would be that. But with this album, he definitely took time crafting each and every mm. track. And it's a, it's a marked difference actually because in terms of the f- features that he chose and just the instruments that like the way things have been crafted on my beautiful doctor's fantasy it's a clear difference everything was so perfect like yeah. every feature was perfect every instrument was perfect every verse was perfect mm. there literally isn't one bad verse on the album that's including him and features there isn't even rick ross's little eight bars at the beginning of mm. monster perfect like everything mm. just it married well um but yeah i guess should we get into the first track then dark yeah. fantasy 
So we get that opening from Tiana Taylor. And I feel like for a lot of people, this was the first introduction to realising that she is now part of good music. Mm. So I'm not entirely sure when she was signed, but this was her first feature as part of good music. Mm. And... Ten years, wow, she's been in it for a while. Yeah, and arguably it's her greatest contribution to good music. That's not to put shade on her <laughs> entire album. Say, does that speak more of her or more of good music? <laughs> Probably more of... Her, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> You've been there for ten years and that was your victim. Nah, anyway. Mm. Um, but she makes a solid impact with her introduction. Mm. You know, she sings beautifully and then it just gels so well with the... The production from Kanye. Yeah, I think it was joint production with Kanye and RZA from Wu Tang Clan, mm. and you can really hear in the production. Like what I like about this song, and I guess all the other songs on the album is where it's co-produced. I guess they're all co-produced, but like whoever Kanye is co-produced with, you really get a flavor of them as well. Mm. Now RZA is known for using a lot of um, Chinesey sounds. Um, a lot of his production style is influenced by kung fu films. From that's why Wu Tang are called Wu Tang. Um, so you can really hear like in. I'm not going to bother kind of <laughs> replicating the sound, but there's a sound throughout the, 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 the track that is made that's very oriental, kind of Chinese-y um, from that part of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a chiming sound as well. Mm-hmm. And you can hear like the, the marriage of Kanye and RZA on the same beat as well, which I really liked as well. You can hear it right from the offset. Um, and I guess we, we spoke about, you know, Kanye putting together all the features as well. So you had... Riza, Tiana Taylor and himself on a track with Nicki Minaj narrating as well. Yeah. And it all seemed to work very well. And not many people know, but there's this, that little, that little uh, spoken bit from a woman and the bit where she's like, you ain't got no easy in your sorrow. That yeah. bit. That's actually Amber Rose. Oh, that yeah. That voice to that. Fair, yeah. Mm. So her inclusion on the he album. He was actually with her at the time, wasn't he? Or yeah, did he, he just break up with her? That's who he was dating. Uh, they probably were like at the end of the relationship, but you I ain't got like... no Yeezy, nigga. Stupid. Yeah. Where the fuck did I go? And not getting to all the bars and that. But yeah, yeah, I know exactly the the part you're talking about. Um, yeah, they must have still been together if you got her to do those voiceovers, mm. right? Um, but yeah, no. So um, actually, Nicki Minaj's part was an adaptation of a Roald Dahl um, storybook as well. Um, so I guess the album being called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy um, kind of gives the impression of some sort of a story, a fantasy mm-hmm. kind of. And so to open the, the, the album with a narration and almost like a, um, a kid's book kind of thing kind of set the tone for the album and, and yeah. the theme for the album as well. I also say the mark of a really good album is an intro. If your intro is not good, your album can't. Even if the rest of your songs are good, your, your album can't be good. Um, I think the intro serves as the, the cornerstone, not the cornerstone, but the, the basis of what your album is going forward and kind of, it's the front cover, almost. And I feel like that's what makes My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy so powerful in relation to Kanye's other um, albums, is that the, stro- the storytelling on this album is the strongest. Mm. And I feel like his albums after that have been less powerful in terms of the storytelling, and I feel like that's maybe why... They haven't had as much impact as this one. Yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, along with that storytelling as well, his lyricism as well took a massive. Mm. And that's what actually kept me with the album, although like it was a bit different. Like 
what he was talking about and like how he delivered it was awesome, which I guess takes us on to the, the next track, uh, Gorgeous, I believe, yeah. which I think is probably Kanye's best lyrical performance to date ever. Um, mm. The stuff he was saying and that, I mean, the topics he was touching on, um, his delivery, his flow, the wordplay, everything, um, it really came to the forefront on this track. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on, on Gorgeous? It's almost like a really dark, introspective look at, at the headspace that he was in at the time. Mm. And it's almost like he was completely just bearing his consciousness onto the track. Yeah. And, Do you um, want to get into what some of those bars were? Yeah. I feel like it, it won't... You have to read it in flow. Yeah, I have to read it in flow. <laughs> it won't really bang if I just read it like a text. I was looking at my resume, feeling real fresh today. They rewrite history, don't believe in yesterday. And that's what and what's a black beetle anyway? A fucking roach. I guess that's why they got me sitting in fucking coach. Fun story about that. Um what's a black beetle anyway? A fucking roach. Apparently in the Beatles there was a black member of the Beatles. Um but we just never knew that there was a black member of the Beatles, um, because they never had him kind of at the forefront. Apparently that's what he's referring to there. Um what's a black beetle anyway, a fucking roach. I guess I guess that's why they got me sitting in fucking coach. My guy said I need a different approach because people is looking at me like I'm sniffing coke. It's not funny anymore. Try different jokes. Tell them hug and kiss my ass. X and O. Okay, so I guess what stuck out to me in, in this song uh, was where he said, um, is hip-hop just a euphemism for a new religion? Mm. And that really made me think, rah, like, is he onto something here? Because I always say, like, with our generation, a lot of people have lost their spirit- spirituality. Um, and it's almost replaced it in, in music um, form almost. Um, and it's almost like what rappers say is gospel, like what rappers say is truth. Like, you know, people live by what rappers say. It's almost like there's a hip hop Bible and the verses written in that Bible is what people live by kind of thing. You know, hip hop has come, become more than just music now, but it's become a way of life and, and culture. So when he says this hip hop, just a euphemism for a new religion, it really highlights kind of the cult following of hip hop, hip hop now and where it's gotten to. Um, so much so that today's pop culture is heavily influenced by hip hop. Exactly, um, exactly. Uh, and then he says he goes on to say uh, the soul music of the slaves that the youth been missing. Uh, but this is more than just my road to redemption. Malcolm West had the whole nation standing standing at attention. As long as I'm polo smiling, they think they got me. But they would try to crack me if they ever see a black me. I thought I chose a field where they couldn't sack me if a nigga ain't shooting a jump shot or running a track meet. That to me, it like. It, it spoke volumes. So he's, the first thing is he referred to himself as Malcolm West. <laughs> Obviously a play on, you know, Kanye West and Malcolm X. Um, you know, the soul music of the slaves that you've been missing. So it's almost as if like hip hop has been that kind of, we know in, in slavery and back in those days, they used to sing as a way of kind of like lifting themselves up and kind of making themselves happy in, in dire situations. So it's almost like hip hop has replaced, you know, Wade in the water, all them kind of mm. tunes. It's like hip hop has now replaced that in, in the souls and in the hearts of black youth. Um, and that's what's getting us through the BS that we see, you know, around us. Um, and he's saying kind of, you know, how we spoke about how he, he exiled himself and he came back and he said, this is more than just my road to redemption. Malcolm West had the whole nation standing at attention. So he's kind of acknowledged that, listen, I know I messed up, but I'm back now and like I'm, I'm back with a message. And in, in saying that, he referred to himself as Malcolm West. How powerful, I guess, is that? Some people might say it's very obnoxious, mm-hmm. um, but I just thought it was quite powerful in the context of what he was saying. 
Uh, and then again, he goes on That's to a good say, observation. "Yeah, he goes on to say, as long as I'm in a polo, smiling, they think they got me." So remember when uh, I think it was back in college dropout slash late registration days, where all Kanye used to wear as a polo in a backpack and a Louis Vuitton belt. Yeah. And he's like, um, or uh, he said, um, "As long as I'm polo, smiling, they think they got me." So it's like, you know, wearing that polo it makes him seem like he's palatable to white people, kind of thing. So like, as long as I'm wearing this, they think you know he's not a threat. Um, but there were but they would try to crack me if they ever see a black me kind of polo shirts aren't really synonymous with black people. So when he's wearing that, they think, oh yeah, that's a safe black man. That, mm. You know, that's a, a docile black man. Um, so that kind of what he was, you know, he was speaking about there was really powerful um, mm. in terms of kind of, yeah, like it was just, I don't know, like just even reading that and just, just speaking about it, like, you kind of get the message he's trying to put across. And those are the themes that ran through Gorgeous as well. Um, he also, um, uh, there's another bar he, he, he mentioned where he was, um, face it, Jerome get more time than Brandon. And when I go to the airport, they check through my bags and tell me that it's random. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, how real is that? Like, I guess that's less of an issue with black people in the airport and more of an issue with, you know, people from the part of the world um, in Asia more so. But even as a black man, even if it's not in the airport, on the random, on the street, on the random, the police will approach you and try and search you and, and do this or any other. So it's, I think on this track is Kanye is most conscious and Kanye really kind of being introspective and reflective um, on kind of the plight of black people, his position within the community as well. Mm. Um, is there anything else that stood out for you on, on Gorgeous? Yeah, and Kid Cudi's feature as well on the chorus really brought the whole tempo of the track and it meshed really well. And yeah, it is one of the most introspective moments on the album. Yeah. So. I really like the guitar as well in, in the in the track. It keeps the, the song mm. going. Um, I think the guitar was played by Mike, Mike Dean, Dean, a long-time co- collaborator of... A lot of people say that without Mike Dean, Kanye is not Kanye. Like, Mike Dean co-produced on every single track in this, in this album and he had a, a major part to play. Um, he's actually one of the people that kind of first spotted Travis Scott. Yeah. You know, when Kanye piggybacked a bit off Travis's sound, it was because mm-hmm. Mike Dean brought him to him. Um, but sticking with um, Gorgeous now, I also liked Raekwon's feature as well. Mm. So to hear RZA from Wu-Tang producing on the opening track, and then the next track has got a verse from, um, from Raekwon, it was like an ode to the forefathers of, forefathers of hip-hop, but also brought them into modern-day times. Who thought Raekwon would be spitting over heavy electric guitars mm. and that many instruments? And it kind of, it sounds great. Um, you know, again, bringing in Raekwon, um, Kid Cudi and Kanye on the same track. You, don't, you never really know where it's going to go, but it worked kind of thing. Um, yeah. Um, anything else? Or should we move on to the next? Yeah, I guess we can move on to power. Also, guys, tweet us. Use hashtag WeLitPodcast if you have any bars from that song or any song that we speak about that you think, uh, you know, spoke to you, I guess. Just tweet us it and we can you know engage with you because we're not going to go through every single bar and every song mm. although we could but it's just going to take way too long yeah but yeah yeah so the next track power this was probably the first single it was the album. first single yeah maybe the only single actually mm. and this is a heavy moment on the album and it's just really raging and yeah. egotistical as kanye gets yeah um on in on this album it's it's so Kanye the duality of him because in the last track he was just kind of being very introspective and very mm. kind of you know honest very intimate yeah and then he goes into power where he's Kanye like bragging and kind of like it's you know dark twisted like mm. twisted is the word in, in in this sense you know 
the title of the album, I guess, um, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, this is where I guess we see our first twist. Um, I really like the song as well, right from the opening note. It's a very hard hitting, like the 808s are, if you hear it in really good speakers, it literally thuds you in the chest kind mm-hmm. of thing. It kicks you in the chest. Um, so yeah, I, I really like the instrumental on this one as well. And the lyrics also match the instrumental. Um, were there any lyrics that stood out for you or yeah, I what noticed did you like about the track? This, this, uh, all the verses in this track were like heavily littered with like references to like high fashion designers. Mm. Even the video like, as well. Luxury, like big moments in culture that only someone of Kanye status could identify with. Yeah. Therefore reinforcing just how powerful he is that he has access to s- certain part like lifestyle that not everyone can get to mm. and that's well it's it's like let me think of like a lyric i can draw out my first is mongolian my eyes brought the goalies in and i embody every characteristic of the egotistic i guess following on from that you know how we spoke about you know twisted within this song of you know bragging and you know my furs is mongolian my ice is whatever whatever he then in the middle of the song he goes and this draws back to him being vulnerable like he's is in a constant state of duality he goes um my childlike purity creativity Mm, and honesty honesty. is being crowded by these grown thoughts Mm. reality is catching up with me taking my inner child and fighting for custody with these responsibilities that they entrusted me as i look down at my diamond encrusted piece yeah like To say that in the middle of a song that is so braggadocious, it's like... And when I first heard that as well, that like really um, resonated with me as well. Um, fighting, um, taking my inner child, I'm fighting for custody with these responsibilities that they entrusted me. Like, we've all get, had this, and it was a time where, you know, we're going through our adolescence as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're literally maturing from, I guess, kids into young adults. So hearing, you know, uh, taking my inner child, I'm fighting for custody... Uh, and then obviously responsibilities that they entrusted me it was literally the pivotal moment that we were in in our lives as well I know he's obviously a lot more grown and everything but it really stood out to me because I was at that stage as well where I was wrestling for kind of still being young and still being blah 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 but at the same time you're going to uni soon like you need to start doing this you need to start doing that although it was in a different context to how Kanye um, spoke about it it really resonated with me that piece of vulnerability um yeah, so I yeah. guess that, that follows on from his... And then obviously goes on to say, as like Dan at my damn and encrusted piece, bringing us right back to Kanye, like... <laughs> it it just us. speaks to how, like, temperamental he really is yeah. in terms of, like, just his thought process yeah. in the space of one verse. Crazy, isn't it? Mm. And it's reflected in his life, even till now, like... Yeah. You know, his duality, like... He, yeah, like, in a way, I'm not surprised that Kanye is the way he is now because if you listen to his music, you can always see he's a bit unhinged and he's a bit, like, he's, he's very insecure and unsure of himself. But at the same time, mm-hmm. he's protected that in his arrogance. Um, mm-hmm. And his arrogance, I guess, is what got him to where he's got to at this very point. Um, I have an anecdote, which I may share at another time. But if you listen to Last Call on his very first album, the last song, and you listen to, like, the passage, you can see why he's arrogant and he's protected himself in that arrogance kind of thing and it's worked for him um but yeah no that yeah. was power anything else so this was no not really but yeah i was just gonna say this is the moment of the album that the pace really picks back up after yeah. you know the introspection uh, is yeah, like from dark fantasy and gorgeous so yeah. heads bopping at this point yeah 
So then we move on to all of the lights. Beautiful. The interlude. This is my absolute favorite track of the album. Beautiful. Interlude plus the song. Beautiful. It's just the interlude was actually my alarm clock for maybe two years, if not wow. more. Yeah, like the you know the cello and the double bass. Like yeah. that is music. Like mm-hmm. and that came from a hit. Pardon me if I was so stunned when I heard that coming from Kanye West. I was a bit like, <laughs> is this plagiarism? Like, what's going on here? Like, why am I hearing all these rich instruments, like, and the arrangement of it coming from hip-hop? Although, I was never naive enough to think he sit, sat there and played all the instruments himself mm. or even probably composed it. But, like, for his ear to be like, I want that on my album, means he has some sense of musicality. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, that, that, that arrangement was sublime. It's, an, it's like a symphony of a track. And I feel like the entire album really gels together as a symphony. And this is just one of the shining moments mm. of the album. So mm. it's like a whole minute of an interlude and it segues really nicely into the mm. song. And we hear Rihanna with like, I feel like this is one of her best features ever. Hands down. To date. Hands down. It's just so iconic because her, her voice is so like rich and it's just, the, it makes for the perfect like, tone mm. for this track and then it's just really emphatic with the horns emphatic is the word you know literally the the interlude is quite kind of dreamlike and then um the next thing you hear is all of the lights in like a really loud and a really sharp and punchy way it almost wakes you up kind of thing which you kind of spoke about with power kind of like we started with dark fantasy cool it's slow it's down tempo we're introspective gorgeous again it's introspective power we've got your head head mm. you know bopping a bit your heart racing a bit and then all of the lights kind of just shocks you into like I we're, we're in it now kind of thing yeah and like you said like the opening tones are very you get the full shebang kind yeah. of with the trumpets and everything um like that juxtaposition i guess that this album's full of dualities kind of like mm. you know high tempo mid tempo introspection bragging like and that was another point where it the duality came to the forefront as well mm. um Funny enough, this song actually had, was it 40 features or something ridiculous like it's, that? It's uh, the most features that was on this track, was, I mean, on this album is within this track. Yeah. And it's got people from Elton John to Alicia Keys, Ellie Jackson, who you may know as um, LaRue, I think. LaRue, the station. red-headed French lady, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? So many people. Yeah, it's just... Fergie was on it. Fergie, yeah. There's uh, many, f- and then there's also features in terms of like, who, people who like played instruments and yeah. stuff like that Charlie Wilson was on it as well yes Uncle Charlie yeah no again testament to Kanye's musicality to get all of those people different people from different sectors of music you had French pop you had soul you had hip hop you had R&B you had regular pop all on one track kind of singing in unison kind of it was and there was no kind of I guess unless it was only one person singing you could never tell it was so many different people singing at the same time no because it all gels so well together perfect and it's right? interesting because this was a moment where Kanye was at his peak mm. in terms of fame but also creativity and he had the the pull the heavyweight pull to be able to actually influence all these artists to get on this one track and that that just speaks to just how much influence he had at the time and how much mm. power yeah unintended <laughs> that he had so I think he could probably pull that off again, even with, you know, his old crazy, you know, tirades and stuff. If he wanted to do another All of the Lights today, he probably could. Not many people are telling Kanye no. I mean, given how quick people are to 
cancel artists and like this whole cancel culture. I feel like people, people are making tracks of R. Kelly up to a year ago, man. They ain't canceling nobody. They're not serious about canceling. Mm. They're not like. I don't know how quick people will be to jump on the Kanye track, but hey. Yeah, fair. No, that's, fair. that's another thing to discuss. Um, but yeah, th- this track just speaks about like just how wild fame is for Kanye and many people yeah. in the industry and just the how lights. dirty and mm. sexy that it is but just mad at the same time yeah yeah fast life drug sonically life, that's what life. it represents as well yeah 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 so I actually went to the watch the throne tour uh, and he played this and the production on set literally if you're epileptic i wouldn't even have advised you were there literally the lights were just ridiculous and it just it married well with the song like everything about the song the lyrics and the production of the song it, it all kind of ties in together mm. it's very purposeful yeah it really yeah. is a masterpiece of a track yeah definitely mm. but yeah anything else on all of the lights mm, that's about it yeah um, our next track one of the monster. centerpieces yeah thoughts so this this track is one of my favourites personally because I feel like this was a huge moment for Nicki Minaj in particular, whose feature is at the tail end of this track, and she absolutely smashed this feature. Knocked it out of the park. This is her welcoming, right? Yeah, right. this was like bar for bar. It's just amazing, mm. and it was so refreshing because as because she was on the come up and like she had released her mixtape no album out and she really 50k for a verse no no album album out out. (laughs) (laughs) and so this was a really like this was a moment for her to shine and Kanye really did her justice by putting her last to show that she's strong enough to finish this track yeah with the likes of Jay-Z and Titan yeah like Kanye Titan on the same track like she was worthy Mm. and Mm. That was an excellent choice. Of course, like we know Kanye made, has made excellent artistic choices, but I feel like this was one of his best yeah. on this album. I got an unpopular opinion on the timeline recently. I've been seeing a lot of unpopular opinions kind of thing, and they've all been very popular. That but have this, been this, very is, popular. this is genuinely unpopular. I actually don't think Nicki had the best verse on this song. There was a lot of hype about it because no one expected Nicki to body it the way she did coming okay. up against who she came up against. Okay. And I'm not even trying to sound like biased or anything but genuinely jay-z actually had the best verse on this song Do you know i mean genuinely <laughs> i i still okay so i see Nikki where was I wow see what factor, you mean yeah but jay was like all right this is actually bar for bar probably the best verse like okay i understand and i feel i do feel like this is one of the verse the few verses that jay-z actually had to sit and write for mm. and he executed it a lot better than he probably would where it's one of maybe one of his own tracks where he does his trademark thing where he is off the top Mm. and but that just really speaks to how much the standard was raised on this track in general I feel like yeah Yeah. I feel like Jay-Z knew that he couldn't get away with something off the top couldn't slip couldn't slip not with Nicki making those kind of verses you can't slip and it is equally strong so I don't blame you for that opinion Mm. but I, don't, I feel like Nicki just really deserved that moment and all in all it's you know an excellent track yeah one of the verses of the album and that's saying something because the album is littered with 
top, top, top verses. Mm. And again, it speaks to Kanye's artistry and his, his genius, for lack of a better word. In fact, that is the best word, his genius, to kind of draw that out of everybody um, at the same time. And I can, there's no doubt everyone was probably out of their comfort zone on these kind of beats. Um, they probably wouldn't have ever rapped on these type of beats or have been comfortable, but he was able to kind of say, listen, Jay, I know you're sick and everything, but you can't come and slip on this track. I know you're one of the greatest of all time. I know you're sick with the bars, but don't play kind of thing. And not many people can kind of wake the beast in, in Jay-Z. He kind of gives you the verse he wants to give you. And if you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. Mm. And most people just take it anyway because it's Jay-Z. But Kanye was able to say, yeah, I know you're sick, but you need to come correct. Um, you know, so, um, yes, again, testament to, to Kanye on this album as well. Mm. And then after Monster, the pace of the album, like, returns to that whole serene, sinister mood. Mm, sinister is the word. So Appalled. Dark, actually, sinister. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Appalled is actually my favourite track in the album. Um, mm. Namely because it's not as musical as all the others or the beat is not as, you know, fantastic as the others, as the others sorry, but... Every single verse on this song is 10 out of 10. Every verse. Like, there isn't a weak bar in the whole song. Um, and I feel like that kind of... It kind of underpins what the album is about. It's, the album is excellent. Like, everything about it is ex- it's flawless. And this song was also flawless as well. Um, so and who it, was your favourite feature on this one? Favourite feature was either Pusher... Well, again, I'm going to say Jay again, but... Mine like, was absolutely Pusher, because... Yeah. He just... When he said... Um, uh, Black Jack, I just pulled in aces. You're looking at the king in his face. I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, you said, wait. He said, CNN said I'll be dead by 21. Let's take this bar for bar. CNN said I'll be dead by 21, right? Mm-hmm. 21. Black Jack, in order to win at Black Jack, you need to get the number 21. Black Jack, I just pulled in aces. You're looking at the king in his face. A Black Jack, an ace, and a king is 21. CNN said I'll be dead by 21. Blackjack, I've just pulled in aces. You're looking at the king in his face. Everything I dream, motherfuckers, I'm watching it take shape. Listen, when I heard that, I had to put my phone down. I was like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait a, a damn minute. Like, phenomenal. Like, and that's when I woke up to push her. It was in that moment. I was like, mm. I think around that time is when he dropped um, My Name Is My Name, um, the album. Oh, I think it was slightly after, actually. But that's when I woke up to push her. I was like, yeah, you see push her? He can spit. Like... There was another point on, on, the, on the song as well where I put that on my phone. It was Jay-Z's verse where he was like, um, he's like, um, I lost 30 mil, so I spent another 30 because unlike Hammer, 30 million can't hurt me. I said, oh, do you know what? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm not doing this life properly. Like, I dropped my phone. I was like, yeah, nah, these guys, they're taking the piss. Like, mm. you know? Um, but yeah, I'll let you get back to pushes. You said you, you prefer yeah, pushes. Pushes' verse was my favourite. And this is actually my favourite bit. I speak the gospel, hostile. Tony totally doing time for what he did to nostrils. Paranoid mind, I'm still under the watchful. Eye, Eye of the law, aspire for more. Then Kilos came, we gave you Bobby, Bobby Brown jaw. It's mad, I'm not and even reading like, it. I can still recite I, it. Like. I just, I love how, like, although it's drug rap, it's so eloquent and mm. just so... It's push a T. It's, he makes it so luxurious and it's mm. like... It's raw, but it's like, yeah. it's eloquent, mm. like, you know? Yeah, no, I. It really makes you think. Oh, you came dirty with that, but it sounds so good. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 exactly why Pusha T will never have to change his content for mm. as long as we've known. From you know, Lord willing, with clips days, he's always been chatting about this drug stuff. But his delivery and the way he does it, it has you like, 
you know that face you make you know when you hear some hard shit yeah, and you're like yeah. you're growling exactly you're like ah <laughs> that kind of thing Pusha will always 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 give you that do you know what Pusha might actually have the best verse on this I did say it was between Pusha and, and mm. Jay but if I give Jay the best one for, for months I'll give Pusha for it for this one as well even Sci High the Prince came in through, uh, came through as well I think he's signed to good music he was also one of the early yeah. signees um, fun fact he wasn't actually so he had an entire verse at the end yeah. he wasn't actually supposed meant to be to. on it yeah apparently um, he, he, he recorded it in secret and yeah. he just put it on the song I, yeah 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 and, but Kanye proved it because he knew that it, it was a good verse so yeah that's awesome even he was like um I've met this girl on Valentine's Day after in May. She found out about April, April, so I chose to March. March. <laughs> February, March, April, May. Like, he said all the months and that. Yeah. Every, listen, everybody smacked it. Like, mm. the wordplay, the delivery, like, everything about the song was just so hard. Like, I'm not surprised it's your favourite track in that, in that sense. You know what I mean? I always say I'm about the yeah, bars. Like, about I'm the about bars. the bars before anything, you know? <laughs> and they really, really, this was a 10 out of 10 performance for everybody. Mm. Um, in fact, this is Kanye is probably one of his weaker verses, and he even had a really good ver- a good verse in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess moving on to the next track then. Yeah, so then we move on to "Devil in a New Dress," mm. which is I've described it as a twisted, like romantic ode to a lover, mm. which is actually one of the only romantic moments on the album, mm. which is of, like about an actual relationship. And um, so this is with like Kanye and Rick Ross and right in between their two like features is that guitar solo from Mike Dean. And Mm. I feel like that is a huge moment of that track. And it's almost like this was Mike Dean's moment Mm. throughout Mm. the album. Yeah. And I definitely agree with you there. Um, Mm. The song felt like when I hear the song, I just feel like. I'm in a big empty room with lots of windows and there's just a lot of natural light just coming into the windows. I kind of got that feeling. It was very light and very like, I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes music gives me like pictures in my head and like I can kind of visualize where I'd be and where the perfect setting would be to listen um, to the song. Um, and it had that kind of feeling. Um, I'd also say at the other end of uh, Mike Dean's guitar solo was most probably Rick Ross's best verse he's ever written. I'd mm. say uh, again, testament to Kanye. He's got everybody at their their tip the top, like at their apex, you know. Um, and I, I I don't think many would be able to argue with me when they say like Rick Ross probably hasn't dropped a better verse since then. And I felt like he was a bit shagged on um, on Monster, where he only got I think eight bars at the beginning of the song as a oh, bit yeah. of an opener kind of thing. It's a bit like why was he on the track? Kind of he didn't need to be on it. Um, although I did enjoy his his his, his Bruce segment. But he then really came through on Devil in a New Dress as well. Um, um, what did he say? Um, uh, there's a bar. Um, anyway, yeah, no. <laughs> Rick Ross's verse was, was really good. Um, any other thoughts on Devil in a New Dress? Those, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, it's a really cool song. Again, the instrumental was, was awesome as well. Um, the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nah. Good song. Yeah, that's why I say it's it was like a real shining moment for Mike Dean. Obviously, we know that he was heavily involved with the production throughout this album, but that guitar solo was just... its It really speaks to how Kanye allowed him to just take ownership of that middle section. Mm. And I feel like the purpose... What do you feel like the purpose of keeping it at that length? Because it is fairly long. What do you think... 
Kanye's purpose was with that. I just thought the song was so good that why cut it short, let it go. I always mm. say with songs, I don't mind if your song's 10 minutes long if it's 10 minutes of good music kind of yeah. thing. With artists, you just got to let them have free license. Man. If it sounds good, it sounds good. Like I think it always permeates because a lot of pop songs, they're three and a half minutes because that's probably all you can endure of a pop song, right? But <laughs> when it's real music, and again, Dave did it on his album as well. He's got um, Leslie's song, which is nine minutes. Nine minutes yeah. No one's complaining about it. In fact, you'll probably listen to it again straight after because... Mm. It's good music, and you know, when it's like artistic vomit, kind of, it's all coming out at once, just let it come, don't stop it, it all needs to come out, kind mm. of thing. Speaking of the length of a track, uh, the next one is Runaway, which Super is a long. good 10 minutes, yeah, yeah, and of which the first few like seconds, or even like a minute, I think, it is, is that. Just one of the most the piano iconic notes. piano notes ever. Yeah. Like, as soon as you hear that the single note, mm. you know exactly what song it is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and for him to just play one note at a time like that, and it becomes so synonymous with the album as yeah. well. It's a real, like, musical way of lamenting on a track with that singular mm. piano note. The extended version, obviously, the the like the radio cut version they've cut out the bit where he's playing that singular note for a good minute or so. But, yeah, it just speaks to how, even before the lyrics, before the words, before anything else, that it just shows the emotion of the track Mm. where he's really, like, lamenting in such a beautiful way. Mm. And the thing is, it almost takes away from what they're actually talking about on the track, which is cheating and infidelity. I was speaking to a friend probably a year or two ago about the album and all now they had no idea what Pusha T's verse was about or what Kanye was talking about because the music sounds so good they didn't realise like this is some dirtbag scumbag-ish <laughs> they're on about like some real scumbag-ish um, and again Pusha T's verse was awesome although we said you know he often talks about his drug stuff on this verse he kind of refrained from the drug stuff and was more I guess on infidelity and some of the stuff he was saying um, uh, what was he saying um 24 7 365 that it stays on, on my mind, mind. I, 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 I did it alright alright I'd admit it now pick your next move you can leave or live with it so he's admitting listen I cheated so what are you going to do are you going to leave or are you going to are you going to stay um, it's interesting you say that because I feel although you're right in terms like they're just they're talking about their infidelity I feel like it's still from a sorrowful place you reckon his next line is like um, you leave and go where Back to where knockoffs, ha, knock it off. Neiman's, shop it off. Let's talk over my ties. Wait, just top it off. That's not remorseful. Who's like, Fair just enough. go. Listen, I'm gonna give you ten bands for shopping. Go shopping, you'll be forgetting about this cheating in in no time. But I feel like Kanye's moment was more remorseful. Yeah, no, definitely. I think his was. Or at um, least from a place of acknowledging where you've gone wrong, but being like, hey, this is what I've done. Yeah. Again, duality. You know, mm. Kanye was more sorrowful. Push TV in the antichrist of hip hop that he is. He's like, well, listen, Kanye, you can be sorrowful, but I don't care, man. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stay anyway because mm. you ain't gonna go back to the knockoffs. And I say sorrowful because the I think it's like one of the last moments from Kanye. He was like, never was much of a romantic. Never could take the intimacy. intimacy. And I know I did damage because the look in your yeah, eyes is killing, killing me. me. Like that is heartfelt. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Nah, yeah, I hear that. Do you think he's talking about Amber? Um. There was rumours that this was about Amber, but actually it was probably about his previous relationship with the girl that he was briefly engaged to. Mm. Uh, don't know her name, but apparently it's about her. Mm. 
again, when I went to the Watch the Throne um, show, just before he played this song, he was like, um, to all the guys who've been caught, you know, I think he was sending pictures off of his phone or his laptop. Oh, yeah. And someone, you know... The dick pics. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh... So I think that's what caused him to, to write the song, because I, I guess his girl caught him taking mm. pics and sending to people. So, yeah, maybe it was the girl before. Um, ironically, he was probably the last black girl he was actually with, I believe. Um, <laughs> and then from there... Yeah, from there, he kind of went a bit... He forgot about the ass. <laughs> but you guys have listened to the or watched the Touch the Sky video. Yeah. You know what I'm talking Tracy about. Tracy Ellis you. Ross. Exactly. Moment. Yeah. Knee along. <laughs> but what about the ass? <laughs> Clearly forgot about it. Oh, well, I guess Kim's got it. Kim but got, Kim's got she's, it. She's in, I don't know what she's done to get it, but <laughs> she's, it ain't normal. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, again, the duality of the song, you know, with Push's verse and Kanye's as well. Um, mm. Antichrist is what I call Pusha T. Yeah. But yeah. So that's our thoughts for Runaway and moving on to Hell of a Life before we go on to Hell of a Life did you catch the um, the I guess the video for Runaway and also the long clip for the whole of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy yeah they I've released watched the half it. an hour did you enjoy the um, the clip for um, Runaway the ballerinas yeah that was beautiful I think it was and honestly beautiful yeah it was, it's like a, it's, it's a film mm. you know it was um, I feel like it's a moment that's still heavily referenced in a lot of like film music videos as well a lot of people refer back to it as you know a a big moment in terms of just how romantic it all looks and yeah yeah. the story of the rise of the phoenix right he Mm. fell in love with the phoenix he didn't want her to go to where she came from but she had to go he took her i think he was when he was at the dinner party with her and then that's when the ballerinas came out that's when the runaway song Mm. started playing yeah no really beautiful like artistically outside of just the music as well the artistic direction with the different album covers and the different videos that you put out for this and even the the feature length not feature length, the half an hour length um i guess mini film that you put out with it everything mm. was very very artistic um but yeah now we can move on to hell of a life yeah this is one of my favorite tracks Guitar. purely for the story like just the intense storytelling yeah. and the nature of the song you know how how raunchy it is and just yeah. how jumping it is because this is another moment where it pick the pace picks back up yeah um in the album i think the guitar also kind of it lets you know what kind of song like it's yeah. a very kind of it's a dirty sexy kind of guitar mm-hmm. you know like it tells yeah. you how this song's gonna be about mm-hmm. yeah and i like how wild the lyrics are on this moment i feel like this is one of his most ignorant kind of moments on yeah. the album which is necessary which is necessary from especially from kanye and one of the more enjoyable moments. Apparently, he was talking about Kim. You know, he said, I think I fell in love with a porn star. Apparently, he was shouting about Kim. That's funny because I feel like. I'm not sure that's true, you know? Apparently, because you know the, the next one, which we'll get onto, um, not the next one, but the last one, where he goes, You're my heaven, you're my hell, you're my freedom, you're my joy. That was a poem that he wrote. That for was Kim. about Kim. So it was clear that like, Kim was on his mind during the writing process of this album. Maybe it was the tail end of Amber and the beginning of Kim. So when he said, I fell in love with a porn star, I was like, I think someone said it, or even he said that, yeah, it's probably Kim, because obviously the Ray J situation, mm. she's not obviously a porn star, but that's how she, how she got her fame, yeah. somewhat. Um, but yeah, it's just an anecdote, I guess, about that line. Um, mm. But the line is representative of the song, kind of, you know, yeah. very raunchy. Um, she's chatting about doing anal and stuff, like... <laughs> Yeah, Kanye, he's always got this tongue and yeah, tongue and cheek element with, uh, about yeah. him. You know, what was what's the most recent one? Um, 
if I want this model and she just bleached her ass up and I get bleach in my t-shirt like Kanye has always been tongue in cheek from mm. the very beginning and he always will be so it was nice to see although he was very artistic very purposeful and very kind of um, refined he still kept that kind of tongue in cheek element yeah. knowing that this was his comeback album from Public Scrutiny. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. Mm. I'm still an arsehole. Ha, 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 ha. But I'm sorry. Like, it was very... Yeah. <laughs> it was a moving picture of different emotions. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Penultimate. Lane Game, yeah. yeah. Which is the next track featuring John Legend. It's another really beautiful serene, yeah. serene, beautiful moment on the album. What did you another think Another vulnerable moment. He's chatting about love as well, right? Yeah. Um, very remorseful again. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the pianos. I love uh, John Legend's bit. I think John Legend, again, was a recent signee to good music as well. Um, at the time. At the time. Yeah. So there's quite a few debuts. Sai Hai, uh, Tiana, and, um, and John Legend. Yeah, um, but fans of John Legend would have known that Kanye and John do actually work rather well together. Very well. Kanye was featured on his, I think, John's very first album, which was Get Lifted. Mm. Um, he produced I Used to Love You, I think it was. Yeah, and Number One. Yeah. Number One, oh, Passion. Yeah. That one. But that was, that was uh, Robin Thicke, wasn't it? And Pharrell. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was a Pharrell yeah, production. That was, yeah, that was Pharrell, yeah. that was Pharrell. But Kanye featured on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, um, that was a good moment for them artistically. Yeah. But, yeah, it's this song's a really interesting one because it's one that really commands your attention because not much of it is rapped. Mm. John does the singing, and then Kanye's more, he's speaking in like a soliloquy sort of format. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's just speaking, and it's like, and I heard the whole thing, mm, whole okay. thing. That's, you know, that sort of temp, down tempo moment from Kanye. And that's. Damn. Yeah, again, with the theme of the song, it's appropriate, and it's, you know, a moment that's like. Yeah, just so artistically well put together. Mm. What about the uh, the very end, Chris Rock? But then oh in typical Kanye, in typical Baby, Kanye fashion, you done took this shit to a whole nother level. Again, like you mentioned, with his <laughs> typical fashion with the duality, mm. we've got that really intimate moment. But then he's immediately juxtaposed that with this Comedy. hilarious skit yeah, yeah. from Chris Rock, and it just completely Flicks changes yeah. the track and you end up laughing by the end of it because you're like, this is jokes. Wild, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I think it's probably one of the greatest skits of, of all, all time. All time. It's yeah. brought us Yeezy Taught Me. Like, they had to make t-shirts and stuff. That's yeah. That's Yeezy Taught Me. That was That's a really Amber iconic well, moment. saying Yeezy Taught Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she voiced that bit. Yeah. It's like, he decided, oh, this is too deep, let me chuck in yeah, something yeah. that... Twist it, like, mm. you know, it, it, all, it all ties in. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that interview as well with Chris Rock. And how many rappers would think to put a comedian on the end? And since then, I guess we've had uh, Kevin Hart was on one of the games album, Jesus Peace. But like mm. before that, how many people were putting comedians on their albums and kind of yeah. still making it artistic as well? Like exactly. and it ties in. Like, and this was actually like a big moment for Chris Rock as well because that really raised, although he was a big name, it, re- it further raised his profile. He hosted Oscars after this, actually. Yeah, yeah. it further raised his profile. And um, yeah. Baby, you done took this shit to a whole nother level. <laughs> Yeezy taught you well. Yeezy taught you well. <laughs> I wonder who wrote that. It was probably Chris. He must have written Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine Kanye mm-hmm. writing that, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a lot of fun in the studio, to be fair. Mm. Um, 
knowing Kanye, he probably had a dead serious face when Chris was doing it, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we get into the... Is there any other thoughts on Blaine game? No, that was, yeah, yeah. pretty much my thoughts. We get into the next. Lost in the world. This was a shining moment as well, being the kind of last track. Yeah. Um, there was a bonus track, but I've not actually included it on this because not many people yeah. know about it. But um, this is one of the songs, again, with an, another... Is it Boniver or Boniver? Boniver. Boniver, yeah. 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 One of my favourite artists as well. Yeah, I feel like this was my favourite feature from him on mm. or from them on this particular song. What do you think of it? Uh I enjoy, I remember I said that around that time I was very experimental kind of what I listened to. So I was actually very heavily into Bonivere, um, mm. who are really cool. I think someone in college actually put me onto them. Um was it before college? No, no, it was in GCSEs. Mm. Um so to hear Justin Vernon on, on it as well and mm. producing. I think they're long time collaborators as well. Um yeah. they've done quite even up until his most recent album, he's been on it. Uh, and every album as well. Um I really liked it as well. Um it was kind of it reminded me a bit not it wasn't similar but it the uh, the way it kind of came in a bit it was a bit like um all the all of the lights where we just had a down tempo and then mm. it kind of shot us back into kind of like more up tempo um um but yeah no it was um quite poetic like we said with the you're my heaven you're my hell you're my angel you're my now you're my forever you're my lies you're my truth um and it I feel like the chorus was sung by Ellie Jackson again. Oh, really? Yeah, Along don't quote Justin me on that, Vernon. though. Yeah. Um, well, it, towards the end, like, run for the lights. Yeah, that bit. was definitely LaRue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, another great mishmash of just features that work so well. And, again, it's like, it's it's like a symphony of a track because... The production on this particular one, it feels very much like it's inspired by classic, classical music, in mm. my opinion. So definitely, and then I love the way it rolls into. I say how you know the song is very poetic. It then rolls into a piece of poetry by Jill Scott Heron as mm. well. Who will survive um, in America? Yeah, yeah. Um, have you actually heard the poem in its isolation? Like the the actual track. Yeah, the poem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. it's, it's a really cool poem. I'd, I'd suggest you guys listen to it if you haven't already by Jill Scott Heron uh, with a G. Yeah. Um, G-I-L. Yeah. Very poetic end to the album as well. Yeah. Um, it talks about like America, capitalism, yeah. like the bubbling, bubbling crutch of the, yeah. whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very fitting end to the, the album, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, and then obviously in typical Kanye fashion, the very last thing you hear on the album is... <laughs> as if he's like yeah I've done a good job I already know I have like mm-hmm. the, the hear of the applause you ain't got to applaud me kind of thing mm-hmm. um, that was very Kanye as well um, wait any any thoughts on, on the last track or I guess the entirety of the album any thing we missed out on um, the entirety of the album again like I said this was Kanye at his peak mm. and it was him in a moment where it was it's almost like it was his his moment of, it was a short fall from grace, but this album immediately like, brought him back, into like the zeitgeist and how. There's <laughs> the word again, the zeitgeist. <laughs> and it, it just showed just just how, 
creatively inclined he is and people were not expecting that from a rapper genius I wasn't that's for damn sure like, it took me a minute to accept it <laughs> mm. yeah no genius level kind of everything about it the way he put it together the, every single track the, the the musicality the instruments the verses like knowing he ate I'm sure he A&R'd it himself knowing who to put on what track and what he wanted from them on each track as well mm. um, was really really impressive um and it, it probably catapulted him, you know, or leapfrogged him above where he was before he kind of had that Taylor Swift moment, um, mm. you know. And that's why his fall from grace, although he's done a lot of wild stuff since, it's been a very, very smooth and slow fall from grace. A lot of people that probably did what he did probably would have been cancelled fully by now, like completely cancelled. But still people are holding on to Kanye because he gave us this body of work, this piece of excellence that... You know, it's probably one of the you know the best rap albums we've probably ever had, mm. and it's not very much hip hoppy in in how it sounds. Um, ironically, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So Kanye, a man. huge enigmatic moment from Kanye. One of our favorite albums, personally, from Kanye. Yeah, and yeah. So those are our thoughts. There's so much more we could have probably mentioned, but because of time, we're already at an hour. And yeah, if you guys have... know the setting we're in, you uh, you don't even want you'd... to know, but <laughs> you know. But you'd give us props for actually doing this and you know making this happen it's because we want to be consistent for you guys yeah but yeah like i said you know tweet us our individual um twitter accounts and as well as the um wheel it um twitter account use the hashtag as well wheel it pod at wheel it pod any uh bars i mean we if we wanted to we could have gone bars for bars in every song and kind of picked apart the bars but yeah that would have taken us three four hours maybe to do um so we'd love you to engage with us and kind of you know share your bars which bars stood out for you which moments are your favorite moments and we'll interact as well because we'll definitely be tweeting out snippets of what we've already like discussed on on the podcast already Mm. and yeah we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts because we know a lot of people love this album as well yeah so yeah this should be this should get us some good discussion also any other suggestions on what you'd like us to talk about in the classics as well maybe you've got an album that you want us to talk about yeah suggest an album shout. yeah yeah definitely again use the hashtag wheel it pod mm-hmm. and we'll uh, we'll take a look yeah so i guess that's it for this episode it's been a long one and it's been a long evening for both carl and i Very so long evening. <laughs> we're gonna sign off here don't forget to follow us on all our socials yeah and we'll be back with another shout those episode. Out again actually yep twitter at wheel it pod on um Instagram, where I think it's just at we at Wheel It Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Lamy Akindele. I'll probably accept you because I'm private, but hey. <laughs> and uh, at Cozy Carl with a Z, Cozy underscore Carl. Okay, guys. See you next time. Peace.